You're now listening to J House Podcast Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What is up, my friend? How are you? I'm great, bro. I'm great. Let me start off by saying this before we begin. One, this was an excellent idea to have a late night after hours podcast. That was an excellent idea. I was like, hold on, bro. I got something for that. So I made the whole intro and everything. I'm like, okay, we're ready for this one. Um, (laughs) Number two. For all, for everyone uh, tuning in on IG Live, for everyone who is going to listen later, welcome to the first edition of J House Podcast Radio After Hours. Where if you're up right now, so are we, and we appreciate you guys for tuning in. With those uh, upkeepers, those late night hustlers, those people who don't sleep at night, uh, those people who just you know stay up and restless. The ones who are the late night gamers, the late night streamers, the strippers on the pole. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, we love strippers here at J House. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy man, but yeah, man, welcome, welcome to After Hours. Hope everyone's doing good. So, uh, what's on the agenda uh, tonight, man? What's going on within this hour that we have? Well, first of all. Let me start this off by congratulating the L.A. Lakers on their title win. Yeah. Uh, That was, uh, even though LeBron's not my favorite player, and I still don't think this title makes him the GOAT, and it's kind of aggravating me seeing that come up, but no matter. Um, At the end of the day, LeBron's been at this for 17 years, and he's still the best player in the world that's absolutely insane. Yeah. That's that's unprecedented to do this for 17 years. There were all these rumors, oh, LeBron's just going to to the Lakers to make movies. It's it's kind of like Jordan whenever he went to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Jordan never even came close to the title at Washington, and LeBron just won his in game uh, in year two. So... I mean, LeBron James is definitely top three all-time for me. I used to have my rankings Jordan, Kareem, LeBron, but now I've done move LeBron to tie at the number two spot with Kareem. So I I got so much respect for LeBron and uh, for his playing abilities. Uh, I go back and forth on his attitude because you know how I felt about him whining about not getting MVP and walking and and walking off the court, I was thinking, dude, what the – like, as you were shit-talking Jimmy Butler at the beginning of the game, like, don't walk off the court because Jimmy made you eat your words. Handed you that butt, yeah. Which, by the way, Pat Riley needs to get one more – like, just one more piece, and that's going to be the team to beat, I swear to you. Yeah. I, I swear, if they can get, like – there were the Giannis rumors, but I don't even think Giannis at the Heat would be fair for the rest of the league. That's just that's game over. That that would make our defense like a top ten NBA defense of all time, considering how aggressive the Heat were on defense this year and how dog defense we that dog defense we played. Giannis yeah, would only like, like capitalize on that for sure. It's like I said, dude, the, the Heat are everything I was told the Clippers are. They're a mentally tough team. They do this, they do that, and the Heat did, man. And, I mean, I'm going to give a shout-out, too, to my new favorite player outside of the Spurs, 
in the NBA, and that's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot put enough respect on this man's name. Yeah. He was supposed to get swept, and he said, like hell, I'm getting swept. And when LeBron came up to him and started popping off in his ear, yeah. talking about you're in trouble, Jimmy dropped 40 on LeBron's head. It's not like someone else was guarding him. LeBron was guarding him, and Jimmy dropped 40 on his ass. Right. And that was beautiful to see. I'm like, man, if you're going to talk shit, you got to back it up. Right. And, and that's the, that's, that's like, that's one of the most important things. Like I was telling other NBA fans, I'm like, <clears throat> you know, for the past like three seasons, y'all have been dogging us. Like, you know, the heater never going to be anything again. And then yet again, here we are in the bubble and we've rebuilt, came back strong. And I wasn't even expecting us to go to the finals. Like it was the last thing I expected, but like, and I was and, and given in light of what's happened in 2020, I wasn't even mad that we lost, you know what I'm saying? In retrospect for Kobe, you know what I'm saying? I knew going into the fin- if we lost, it was gonna be okay. There's shame in losing the series. If we would have won, that would have been great. But the legacy of the Lakers was just on the line and the responsibility of keeping a championship uh you know, tradition in, in LA after Pat Kobe's passing was just too much of a pressure that you can't fold to. So for LeBron to step up, congratulations to them. The Heat are going to be back in the – we're going to be back in it next year. So we're not tripping. We got a great squad. And like you said, one more superstar, and we're in there. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on is that, yet again, I don't understand why – like, and we can draw this comparison over to um, – what we comparing movies, you know what I'm saying? Movies are subjective stats are not. And so for LeBron yet again, he said, you know, you guys want to suck. He said it in the post game interview. He said, you guys want to suck me into this, you know, again, into this, you know, where do you think you rank up with MJ? Idolizing MJ. You guys know how much I love MJ. I wear the number 23 because of MJ and I've always wanted to be like Mike. So he's like, I'm going to let y'all have that debate. I'm not in that. Don't try to suck me into that. And so clearly LeBron's taking the position that I'm not trying, you know, to be like Mike. You know, and Bron's not trying to take over Mike's position. He's just striving to be the greatest he can be. And he wants to leave it up to the critics and everyone else to say whether I'm better than MJ or not. And so – I'm like, for me, I'm like, can we just let two goats be two goats? Because, I mean, <laughs> we're not going to talk about, you know, I mean, there's so many. There's there's goat. I mean, you can't talk about NBA talking Kobe. You can't talk about NBA goats without mentioning Jordan, LeBron. You know, anyone who's got at least five or six titles, you know. I mean, so it's, it's kind of a tired goat discussion that people have. Now, football. That's, you know, we can't even, that stat-wise, we can't argue that, you know, but basketball, like, I, I guess it, it depends. Well, I'm going to say this, too. I kind of had this epiphany earlier today. I had an epiphany when we talk about the GOAT. Yeah. Because you look at the three guys that are most talked about in that conversation. There's really three that I hear more than any, and that's Matt, uh, not Magic, uh, Michael, LeBron, and Kareem. And to be fair, there is an incredibly valid case to be made for all three of them. Yeah. You look You look at Kareem. He had the greatest basketball career of anyone. He never lost a game in high school. He lost one game in college. He goes to the Bucks, wins a championship, wins finals MVP, goes to L.A., teams up with Magic, and they're arguably the greatest duo in the history of the league. Kareem had the sky hook, the most unstoppable move in NBA history. Um, yeah. And then you have Michael, who was just a cold-hearted killer. I mean, I've been kind of going on this binge of watching old Michael games, and I got to tell you, this dude was evil. He was yeah. straight evil. He was this evil. dude... He scares me. I ain't gonna lie. His style of basketball. If I will, you know, Stephen A. Smith said something. I thought he was full of shit. He said, "He said LeBron inspires respect 
Jordan inspired fear. And I'm thinking that is such subjective bullshit. It's not even funny until I watched that dude play. I, I was like, yeah, this is, and you know, Jordan, there's only a handful of athletes who have three peats in the NBA winning championships. Yeah. Jordan had two of them. And what's impressive, most impressive to me about Jordan, he gets his first three peat. He says, all right, I'm done. He retires for a couple years, comes back, and they win three more. And it's like, holy shit. That's undisputed, like, like <clears throat> that's undisputed GOAT status. That's like, you left and, and the league was just like, okay. We're free from Michael. But then Michael yeah. came back and was like, but, but just real quick in case anyone forgot who I am, just real quick, here's three more rings. Right, here's three more, yeah. What impresses me the most about Jordan, and this is the one thing people beat LeBron over the head with, is that Jordan never had a collapse in the finals. We've heard it a million times, 6-0, and no game sevens. When Jordan got there, that's when he played his best. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we get to LeBron James, who in my opinion is a better, and, and this is a huge compliment when you really think about it, because Magic Johnson is a top 10 all-time player, and I consider my uh, LeBron James to be a better version of him. Yeah. And what's impressed me so much about LeBron is his ability to fit with different teammates who have different skill sets. The first title he won, he won with the third best shooting guard of all time, D. Wade, behind only Kobe and Michael. He had Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, Mm-hmm. And they won that title. He goes to Cleveland and wins a title with a player we've now discovered is very toxic in Kyrie Irving. Yeah. But because you see, look, Kyrie goes to the Celtics. He don't even look the same. He goes to the Nets. The Nets are better without him. But it's like right. when LeBron pulled of this dude, he had him looking like the best point guard in the league. Right. So. And then, you know, of course, like I said, LeBron, even when he's not winning championships, we still acknowledge him as the best player in the league, if we're being honest. Right. Um, And I'm a Spurs fan, but even when Kawhi was at the Spurs, I was never pounding my chest saying Kawhi's better than LeBron. Because I'm like, no, he's not. He's on a team with Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and those guys. My point to all this being... There are things that Kareem can do that Jordan and LeBron can't. There are things that Jordan can do and did that that, uh, LeBron and Kareem didn't and couldn't do. And then there's things that LeBron does now that Jordan and Kareem never did. Right. You, You know, we look at it like that. And for me, if we look at it like that, we'll just be able to take a step back and appreciate greatness more. Um, yeah. Because I look at it this way. I mean, you know, Shaq said we need to start doing it by era. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Because uh, then we start comparing LeBron to KD and Kawhi and Giannis instead of the greats of the past, like Jordan and Kareem. Yeah. It's like, you know, Kareem was the greatest of his era. And Jordan was the greatest, and now LeBron's the greatest. Right. Why, and I don't – So, hmm? yeah, and, and I'm like, I've always agreed with that sentiment, but people, like sports fans being sports fans, are just like <clears throat> they're hell – like, and especially ESPN, you know, they're just like hell-bent on having this one being crowned the greatest of all time. Yeah. And I'm like – It's just a fun conversation to have. I guess it it doesn't seem fun. It, it never it never really feels fun because like I don't if I love Peyton Manning, you know what I'm saying. I don't want to have to like pit him against Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers because I love those guys too. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it makes for a good conversation. But like you said, it was different eras, and we talk about mm-hmm. QBs, Joe Montana. Totally different era. Steve Young, all that, different era. Marino, Elway, all different eras. You know what I'm saying? Now, could we say Joe was the greatest? 
judging by those rings and that record? Absolutely. So I'm like, why can't the same way all the way around? Why like why can't we just have different greats of different eras? Like, is it that? I'm gonna give you a prime example of that because you know me, I'm a huge Bama fan, and you know what the number one most hotly debate I, I hear this i have never gone to tuscaloosa and somehow somebody or i not overhear this conversation do you know what the number one most debated topic is among bama fans i think i know what it is can i guess yes it is who is better bear Bryant or nick saban for 100 that's exactly it. Who is the greatest Alabama coach of all time? Bear Bryant or Nick? And my response to that is this. You have to put all the respect in the world on both of those guys because Bear Bryant made Alabama everything we say we stand for. He was the figure of Alabama. The houndstooth hat, the, the everything. Bear Bryant, six rings, he built the foundation for what Alabama is was supposed to be. Yeah. That's what he did. And I'm not going to sit here and say a damn negative thing. I don't engage in that conversation because yeah. I'll be damned if I ever say anything bad about Bear or Saban. Yeah. And then, then you have this guy, Nick Saban, who has just been – Running the game of basket, uh, basketball, basketball. Running the game of, <laughs> run, running the game of football ever since two thousand and eight. Yeah, you know, ever since then, Coach Saban, he has a resume that just simply cannot be. That's how come it aggravates me when people want to say that that Urban or J- or Dabo is better than Saban. Because see, for me, when we talk about coaches, it's all about W's. Who wins the most? You know, let's talk to W's and then let's talk about rings. Oh, yeah. And if we want to talk rings, I mean, good God, Saban's going to wipe the floor with everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's got more than all current head coaches do combined. So. But my point with this being is, is that you're never going to hear me say anything bad about Saban or Bear. And I think it's a disrespectful conversation to have because I always hear people say negative things about Bear or Saban. But my whole thing is, can't we just be happy that we were lucky enough to have both of them? Right. And can and we... But, you know, Shannon Sharp said... I'm sorry to cut you off, but Shannon no, Sharp good. said it best. He said, how does it happen that the two best coaches of all time walk the same sideline? And I'm like, Exactly. Saban and Bear are the best coaches in college football ever. So why are we bitching about who's better than who? Right. I get that. That's that's a totally valid argument. Even though I'm not a, a Bama fan, as someone, and I've already told all the Auburn fans who know me, you know I'm not biased. I'm a is Like, the respect that you give, you may not like Alabama – I have nothing against Alabama's football program, the players or the coaches on staff. Are your fans obnoxious? Oh, yes. And that's probably why they like the fans make me hate Alabama. But more than anything, like the respect that I have for Nick Saban is like crazy, bro. And I'm like, I yearn for that kind of coaching at Auburn. Like, <laughs> and I have like, bro. Dude, don't you ever say that again. Like, forget me. I'm like, you got to give respect where respect is due. You know, you walk in their field house, you're going to see nothing but championship flags. You walk in ours, it's goddamn empty. And there's only two. You know what I'm saying? Sadly. And that's just. You know, here's a fun fact you may not know, Eric. Nick Saban, every day whenever he walks into the Malmore Center, which is where all the uh, trophies are. Yeah. As soon as he opens the door, that song by Drake, Big Rings, comes on. And that's what he walks around. <laughs> that's <laughs> he great. Walks in. I'm not kidding. The, the, it comes on because I got a really big team. And what do they need? Some really, really big rings. Big rings. <laughs> and and, and discla- disclaimer on that before we- for any Auburn fan who's hearing me talk right now, if you come at me sideways saying that, oh, well, maybe you need to be a Bama fan then, bro, 
Auburn is so deep rooted in my blood. I doubt anything Alabama before I ever I was, like choose to cheer for Alabama. So just to get that right, there's a difference between having mutual respect and then like being a bandwagon, and I'm not that. So I got so, a, um, I got a I got a crimson and white jersey for you if you ever change your mind. I'll burn that. Ooh, let me not. <laughs> <laughs> I will burn that mug. Like I will burn it. <laughs> uh, that was fun, but listen. But the the main topic I want to get into today, because this is kind of the most hotly debated topic, and I do have a bit of a rant to go on. Um, oh yeah, I like it. Well, so for anybody who don't know, I'm a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. I love the show. Um, yeah. I think it's a great show. I think over the years it's greatly declined because they've had a lot of episodes that show political bias. And I'm not against SNL um, having political sketches because they've done that forever. Right, right. Um, My issue is, is whenever they have sketches and they're so very clearly biased towards one or the other. So I, I remember in 2012, whenever Mitt Romney lost to Obama, they had a whole sketch making fun of Mitt Romney. Right. When Hillary Clinton lost in 2016, they had Kate McKinnon come out and play Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah like she was some kind of fallen martyr. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's a big-ass double standard going on here. Right. right. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But also, Bill Burr is one of my all-time favorite comedians. He's definitely top five because I love his style of direct honest funny bill burr is a i believe he's from boston yeah he played in the matrix did he may have i'll have to look but he's a very straightforward comedian and he's always been edgy well he was the host of snl and he gave a monologue and i've been reading some articles that have had me laughing my ass off uh and i'll get that's why in a minute but for anyone who doesn't know um i need to pull up some quotes of exactly what he said because for anybody who doesn't know bill burr has been labeled by the one article i read said wow uh, bill how'd you manage to be racist sexist and homophobic in seven minutes that's right uh so obviously i had to listen to these racist sexist and homophobic jokes And here's what's fun. So I'm looking at articles right now, and it says people are divided over Bill Burr. Like there's some kind of competition going on. Let me go ahead and nip this in the bud, people. If you go on YouTube, that video sits at 158,000 likes to 6,000 dislikes. Right. So, no, it's people are not divided over it. It's pretty unanimous what people think. Yeah. But let me just get your reaction real quick to, to Bill Burr and what he said and if you think he was being honest or being offensive. Um, he was being very honest, man. And and I'll um and no that what that was that was Joe Pantaleano that was in the Matrix, not Bill Burr, but they look similar. But that's not a hit ah. there. But um Bill Burr told truth, man. And, you know, it's, you know, the world we're living in today, we're living in one where you get killed, honestly, for speaking the truth, you know, one where you get killed for exposing people, killed in a figurative sense, you know, um, killed literally if you piss off the wrong people, (laughs) if you up there like that. But, um, you know, Bill told the truth, man, he exposed a lot of white women to him who he thought that, you know, sort of hijacked the Black Lives Matter movement, took that upon themselves to be like, oh, I'm so victimized and da da da. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? Liberals who like think that their struggle is our struggle and it's not. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, and, and we're we're seeing pictures, we're seeing screenshots, we're seeing like prison prisoner photos of, you know, people who are being arrested at the Black Lives Matter movement rallies and none of them are black people, bro. They're all white. And 
you know, causing chaos, peacefully protesting, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's crazy how that ends up. And so what Bill Burr was saying about that is the truth, you know, and and I told people, we gonna get, huh? We gonna get that. We gonna get to that too. Don't worry. Don't. Uh, I got a message for white people tonight. We keep going. Yeah, I feel. I feel you. But um, and yeah, like LGBT community. A lot of people thought he was being homophobic. But first off, homophobic. He was just expressing that you know the month of gay pride is longer than the one where we actually celebrate black history, even though, you know, in June on Juneteenth and black wall street was murdered and a lot of black people were murdered by white supremacists, you know, black owned businesses and a city of its own literally was destroyed. You know, that we didn't get to know about that or celebrate that until now because the history books never exposed it, but yet y'all get the whole month of June to celebrate your sexuality. So you guys get medals for wanting to be a man or wanting to be a woman for our military veterans who've like died and bled in the sand and take that how you want to, but it's true. Your sexuality is not more, you know, real civil rights issues. And so I'm just being real about that. No, not to hate on anybody. Cause I got friends who are gay. I know people who are gay and I love them to death. So I'm not being homophobic, but Bill Burr was not phobic. Somehow the LGBT community agenda has bled into the BLM. You know, it's not about black. It's about, you know, black gay lives and black trans lives and black queer transgender lives. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on now. We just about black lives in general. Since when did this become about all of that? And so it's like, it's a mixing of agendas. So I totally understood was coming from with that and I told I laughed my butt off I was like bro this man has like he's telling the straight truth you know comedy like this is not allowed anymore because people don't know whether to laugh because they don't want to get canceled they people have friends out here that they don't want to lose apparently if they really express what they believe in you know they're afraid to piss people off or make somebody upset or mad you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, if that's the world we're living in, where you can't belief without getting your head chopped off, I mean, that's not freedom of speech, and that's not the country that America claims to be. But, go ahead. I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Um, oh. You know, I, w- I was listening to, to Bill Burr not long before I came on here, and, and I was reading a lot of the comments. My favorite one was this, and I had to go to the Twitter account, and I didn't have to look. It was a white woman, but I had to make sure anyway. I mean, I was like, you know what? Let me give her the benefit of the doubt. De- no, it's a white woman. Okay. And her comment was, yeah, Bill, and, and I'm doing it. I'm going to do this impression of how she probably sounded typing it out. All right, here we go. Yeah, Bill, I'm sorry, but you're canceled. Like, calling women bitches isn't good anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you need to go tell that to about every fucking rapper alive right now. Right. I... And I ain't just talking, I'm talking about every rapper, female, black, white rapper. You need to go tell all them that. Right, because that's not how they're looking at it. <laughs> that's about to, but, and I'm thinking, like, look, you can't call women hoes either. And I'm thinking, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the last Cardi B song have that there's some hoes in this house on repeat like a thousand times throughout the fucking song? Right. They'll tell you okay. that, and then she'll turn, they'll turn around and go listen to the exact same thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got, am I tripping or did that happen? That happened. I know. That's legit. That's, That's real life. That, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, if it's not good anymore, then we need to sit all these rappers down. We need to sit right. a lot of people down. Right. And what I love is, and, and I, I read this one time, there was an article some dumbass leftist posted. They were talking about how um, all 
derogatory terms are just as uh, just as offensive. And I was like, y'all, y'all need to get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Y'all need to get the fuck. Out. If if y'all tell me that shit, that me calling a woman a bitch is as offensive as me calling a black person the n word, y'all need to get out of here with that. Right. That. Oh no. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. And before you before you continue, get this. Did she say that he happened to be racist, homophobic, and all that in seven minutes? How is mm-hmm. so how is the man racist when his wife was on USA Today two days ago? Her name is Nia Renee Hill and she is so how is because Bill racist again? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. But, but go ahead. I mean I I got to educate white people on something real quick, I guess, because I, I guess, and when I say white people, of course, I'm talking about these dumb fuck just SJWs, because yeah. I read that article about fucking all derogatory slurs being the same, and I'm thinking that's a crock of fucking shit, because if I call, <laughs> number one, I, I, I'll call some women bitches, and that might, might not be nice, but, I mean, good God, I'm never dumb enough to... Call a black person the N word. I expect to get my ass kicked. Right. That's just. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't tell me those words are equal and mean the same thing. One of them was a slang term, just used in war. The other one is a word of racial oppression. So no, they're not the same. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, here's what bothers me. There's a fine line between being a sympathetic ally and being a virtue signaling douchebag. Right. There there is a fine line there because yes, I do think there are still issues of race in this country. We saw that with Breonna Taylor. We saw that with George Floyd. We've seen this. We have seen that. Yes. Racism will still rear its ugly head in this country. It still exists. I, I'm not naive. I may be an optimist, but I'm not stupid. Um, but on the flip side of that, what aggravates me is whenever people like this becoming a major news story. This is not a big deal at all. Right. The, a, a comedian, Bill Burr says jokes that may or may not offend people. Holy shit, stop the presses. What? No way. I, 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 I don't even know what to say about these dumb fucks anymore, man. It, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where it pisses me off because here's what white people need to understand. This is not our issue. We can help. We can be there for our friends of color and we can help everybody. But no, white people, you are not the victim here. Right. And I see, and and Bill Burr said it best, white women threw their Gucci shoes over, and I love how he pointed out Gucci shoes, over the fence and put themselves in between, or they think they put themselves in between black people and racism, like they're some kind of fearless protector. And all you are is is a virtue signaling dick. Right. That's all you are. And, and all they do, they bash white people 24-7. And I'm like, okay, well, if your life's that miserable and you hate being white that much, just, you know, go drink some bleach or something. You know, have fun. Uh, and Go ahead. No, I need no, to calm I was down. Gonna, you go. I was going to say this. I'm like, and this is not all. We're not like, because Bill Burr was talking about, I, I think one thing that people have forgotten the day in comedy or in anything really is that when you're getting addressed, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if you take offense to it, it must be for you. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And so this is not targeted at all white women because not all white women are like that. And a lot of white women have been through that struggle by association of being you know, associated with people of other color. You know what I'm saying? So there are white women out there who pre- who go through that prejudice and go through what black people go through simply because they're involved with the opposite uh, color. 
they're involved with black people or someone who's not white. You know, uh, me and Tessa, my wife is one of them. She, she's been through that same persecution, same kind of prejudice. Uh, she's had that prejudice thrown at her simply because she was with me. You know, those same kind of, you know, questions, uh, those ignorant statements, you know, a lot of those things, you know, even getting looks in restaurants where we go, you know what I'm saying? So she's not new to that. And there's a lot of other interracial couples who aren't either, whether a white person or a white and black person, whichever one it is. So for all the women out there, it's not all white women. But if that's you, if you're the one, you know, overstepping your bounds, <laughs> you know, acting like you're a victim and just trying to use, you know, this movement to get attention for yourself, you know, showing all this like the Bible speaks about that. Don't let your left left hand know what your right hand is doing. If you're going to help people, you know, don't virtue signal. If you're going to help the cause, then do it silently and take pride in knowing that you're helping. You know what I'm saying? And your deeds that you do in secret will be recognized in the open, as it says in the Bible. Don't be like the, the Pharisees in the synagogue and the Pharisees in the synagogue go out there you know, making all this noise saying, look at me, look at me, look at how holy I am. Look at how, you know, look at what I'm doing. You know, we'll know who's fake and who's not. So like, if that's you, then cut that out. My view is as simple as this. If you're doing a good act, once the red light is on you, it's worthless. And you've made it about you. If you're only yeah. doing good acts in front of a red light, that's to me, that's even worse than doing nothing. Because right. now you may think you're helping, but at the end of the day, all you're doing is patting yourself on the back and you're taking a serious issue and you're making it about you and taking the spotlight away from what really needs to be discussed. I think it's disgusting. I think it's despicable. And I think that every white person who does what Bill Burr was talking about ought to feel ashamed. They ought to be ashamed. They ought to be embarrassed. They ought to go put their, uh, go put their heads in the sand. It's pathetic. Yeah. It is absolutely pathetic. And I, I've been thinking on this for a long time, but I mean, at some point, I'm just going to lose my shit on this. Right. Because me and many of my other friends, yes, we are supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement obviously but right i mean good god you don't see me running around in front of a camera talking about how passionate i am about this issue and how much i hate racism and right. how i oh here's my favorite one this was a, a trend that these punk ass celebrities tried to do and it was the most cringe inducing thing i think i've ever seen that I take I, I take responsibility against racism. Good. Did you watch that piece? I think I sent it to you. Did you watch that shit? I don't. I think I did when you. Yeah, I think I did when you sent it to me. Not only that, but between that and then the various marketing campaigns for voting now, like oh, everybody thinks voting is so important now. I'm like, really? You <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> But go ahead, man. Go ahead. Oh, it's funny. Jesus. It, it was so cringe-inducing because the amount of self-righteousness coming from that video of them coming out, acting like they really do something, and they're all just saying the same shit. Racism is wrong. Racism is wrong. Well, yeah, we all know that, so what the fuck are you going to do? Right. <laughs> like what the what are you actually this is, I, I have no respect for celebrities you know because we've talked about celebrities using their platform and I've made my position on this abundantly clear there's a difference in someone like a LeBron James and 90% of the rest of them because and I single out LeBron James because he talks a lot about inner city education yeah that's an issue I'm very passionate about. Well, what has the man done? He built a school, straight up. And he's promised every kid that graduates from that school in-state tuition. So I yeah. look at that, and I'm like, 
that's how you use your platform. That's beautiful. That yeah. is something to bring a tear to your eye. And then you got Snoop Dogg out in California. He started this whole football league that he paid for to keep young kids off the streets and away from gangs because he yeah. grew up in the gang life and he knows how bad it is. Stuff right. like that's beautiful. Stuff like that's beautiful. That's and, it deserves, and it deserves respect. And so I'm going to put respect on the name of Snoop and LeBron for doing that. Big props. Right. But had they just bitched about it on Twitter, that's something I can do. Right. It, it has the same effect if I do it or if they do it, if it's just a meaningless social media post. Right. Because no, nothing has ever been changed by a social media post, and it never will. Right. It goes it goes back to the actions speak louder than words. Yeah. But every time I see these white people do stuff like the I take responsibility and all that, all I can ever hear is look how good of a person I am. Right. Look how much I hate racism. I'm gonna be the one person to end racism, which in all honesty, no, they're not. They're not helping anything. Right. It's it's absolutely pathetic. So Right. I think Bill Burr was a million percent spot on. Yeah. And, you know, his his joke about Black Lives Matter. Here's what bothers me. Someone needs to break down to me how exactly that joke, the context of what he said, was in and of itself racist. Because I, I have a theory, I, Eric, and I'm going to run this by you. Good. Um. I feel like we're in an age of comedy where we don't actually care if a joke is offensive. I feel like now it's more trigger words because if I get up on a stage and I start joking about, you know, whatever, I just get up there, airline food, whatever. But the moment I say something, the moment I say black people on stage, that's racist. It doesn't it doesn't matter what I say following that. Right. It doesn't it doesn't matter what the joke is. It doesn't matter if my joke is actually racist or not, because I a white man brought up black people in a comedy set, therefore it must be racist. Yeah. Or and they apply the same logic to gay people, to women, to Muslims, to everything. Bring those people up in any of your comedy, say anything about them, even if it's positive, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, and then boom, you're in trouble. Right. And and that is an incredibly slippery slope for comedy. Yeah. And and I and I think it's because we still have like I we see ties into your previous point too. I think it's all about this past that we have this 400 years of slavery that happened, the racism that that was in America, that's still in America today. You know what I'm saying? It's still lingering. And so many people are afraid that, you know, they might cross or, you know, which there are lines there. Obviously you don't get on stage and say the N word. If you're that, if you're white, you know, obviously you don't, you know, you know what to say and what not to say, you know what I'm saying? But like, at the same time, I don't need people apologize. Like, I don't need somebody apologizing to me like, oh, sorry for what my ancestors did to you. I'm so I'm like, what you apologizing for? You ain't did nothing to me. You didn't have anything to do with what happened back then either. So I'm like, what? Hey, like, I'm off, but real quick, before I get I I have a great point to make off of what you just said. Good. Because this is what the problem comes down to. Whenever white people say that to you, do you know what they're really saying? Absolve me. Make me feel better about myself. And, and, and let me know that I'm not racist. Let me hear it from a black person that I'm not racist. Because I'm too insecure to figure that shit out for myself. Right. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just had to get that one last point across, man. Cause no, I, yeah, no, I got you. Because there's a difference between there's a fine line between being ignorant and then being racist. Some people are just ignorant. Some people might make that mistake and say something because they truly don't know 
any better. You know what I'm saying? They might make that joke because they don't, you know, they don't know any better. And that can be worked on. That can be talked about. That's different than just being openly, you know, blatantly racist. And so, like, like you said, it is the trigger words, too, you know, like. I mean, like, can, like our own black comedians do that. We make fun of white people so much. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like white, like black comedians, fun of white people more than it. And it's hilarious. Like it's, it's actually funny. You know what I'm saying? But if a white person makes a joke about a black person, you know, oh, oh, that's racist. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, what did he say? I need context. What did he say? Did he say, you know, this is how such and such, you know, what did he say? Did he say the N word? Okay. If he said that, okay. But what did he say? I need context. Nobody gives me context. Trigger words. Uh, Go ahead. All you need to know apparently is that Bill Burr, a white comedian, brought up black people in his comedy and that's enough to be racist. Wow. That's absolutely sad. Nobody even tried to understand the con. See, that's what that's the thing about trigger, trigger, trigger uh, words and trigger phrases just immediately absolve all context. People get triggered just like that. They don't look into the context of anything. They don't look to see if there's a different point of view. They don't even try to understand at first. They just instantly label it. Boom. Oh, I'm triggered. That pissed me off. You know, no context, no research. You know, how many people right now are mad and don't even know what Bill Burr said? Probably didn't even read the, or, I mean, listen to the, you know, the the, uh, the comedy intro on SNL. How many people just skip right past that and then just got instantly pissed because somebody else on social media said, oh, Bill Burr is racist and homophobic? How many? People that like, like, and we can take that as far as politics, bro. How many people are mad at Donald Trump right now? Like, what did Donald like? Do you even know why you hate Donald Trump, or is it just because everybody says to hate Donald Trump? Do you hate Joe Biden because everyone says hate Joe Biden, or have legit reason to just not like Joe Biden? Like, or it with anyone? Like, bro, like, what's your reason? Do you hate Barack Obama? Like. If so, why? Or do you just hate Barack Obama because your conservative great-great-grandparents told you to? Like, like in the same thing, vice versa. I'm like, where's this coming from? Where's all this hate coming from? Somebody tweets one thing, and they just take it. Nobody even looked to see any context, to see what's the truth in anything. And it's just sad. Like, like I don't even know what of it anymore. I'm like, so what? Like, and look, and, and I'm going to say this. This is ballsy, what I'm about to say. But for my black, my black folk out there, bro. <sighs> just because black and just because just because there's systemic racism and, and, and we get mistreated, yeah. But that's being worked on, obviously. There's progress being made and it's not racist. I'm not denying racism, not saying that it doesn't happen. But for you to, you know what I'm saying, just like victimize, like, oh, we get a free pass on everything just because we black. You know what I'm saying? And God forbid if anybody ever, you know, tries to come against us, we just pull out that car. Oh, I'm black. You can't do that to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, the white lady, you know, didn't fix it. Like I had a guy come into my job. Right. And I'm fixing the guy's food. He's a black guy couple came in before him. I got the, the guy's order, the couple's order wrong because they wanted white rice instead of brown rice. So I fixed it. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Get him white rice. Help him out. Get him out the door. You know what I'm saying? Business as usual. The black guy comes and tells me, you know, I fix his plate, give him what he wants. He asks for a few, move, a few more string beans on his chicken. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. And then he starts going on this rant like I did him wrong, talking about some, oh, well, I just saw how you fixed they played the white people before me. Oh, I saw how you fixed they played, and then I saw how you made mine. Oh, I see these things, you know. I just, you know, I thought you just, you know. And I'm like, sir, 
no, this is not a race thing. Just because they were white does not mean I fixed their plate better than yours just because you're black. I'm black just like you, sir. So I'm like, don't even try me with that. So I'm like, you got people walking around in that victim mentality. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you have been through racism, like, I, I mean, I do it too, but I'm not victimizing over it. Like, you know, oh, poor me, you know, and and shout out to people who have been through that. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to disregard your pain in any way. If, if people, what I'm saying is that like, Jesus, nobody in this world is going to give us a pass just because we're black. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to get promoted just because we're black. We're not going to, you know, move up. We're not going to like elevate in anything just because we're black. That's the whole issue with the inclusiveness thing. Like, you know, we're making all these hires and we're making all these, you know, things based off because we want to include everyone, not based off merit and who's based off the job, you know, just based off skin color. Oh, we need an Indian person. Oh, we need a Chinese person. Oh, we need more black people. You know what I'm saying? Inclusiveness based off skin color, not based off merit and who's best for the job. So tell me again, who's racist? You know, so just, just just my 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 two cents on that. I mean, everything you just said was a thousand percent right, and yeah, you know, listening to a lot of it, I mean, some of it really is a sad truth. But you know, I'm gonna use a, a beacon of hope right now because I think that um, there is some optimism with all this. There's a comedian out there who pole vaulted from being about my 10th favorite to second favorite all time, and that's Dave Chappelle. Mm. Here's why. Dave Chappelle, now granted, I grew up watching the Chappelle show. Uh, I consider it the funniest sketch show ever. Uh, So many amazing sketches. The racial draft still may be the funniest thing I've ever watched. (laughs) But... Dave did something very ballsy. He was given a Netflix special, and it was called Sticks and Stones was the name of it. And this is in a time where Kevin Hart had just gotten fired from the Oscars because of a tweet he made five years ago, or however long ago it was. It was Somebody forever. Somebody that up on him, yeah. This is in an age where you know people are saying... Well, comedians are being held accountable. And no, they're not. They're being crucified for things they didn't even intend. You know, right. we're, we're living in, in the terrible age for comedy. But Dave Chappelle stood up to all that and dropped sticks and stones. And he had jokes about gay people. He had jokes about trans people. He had jokes about white people. Every, no one was off limits. No one was it, safe. yeah. It was one of the most brutal stand-ups I've ever heard. And I laughed my ass off the whole time. But what was amazing about... And here's what's crazy. That stand-up, which may have been Chappelle's best work, received a 0% from Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. But a 97% from the audience. Wow. And that, sh- and that shows me. The media could not cancel Dave Chappelle. They tried to. They really tried. Oh, this new Sticks and Stones special, it's not worth watching. It's too offensive. And it's still the most watched stand-up special on Netflix to this day. Yeah. So Dave deserves all the credit in the world for taking that stand and saying... I'll be damned if I let a bunch of self-righteous white people dictate what I can and cannot say. Um, Right. And and then as a result of that, other comedians have been emboldened, and it seems like it's growing more and more, to do their stand-up. Yeah. You know, and, and... It's just insane because all of the comedy greats, the Richard Pryors, 
the Eddie Murphys, the George Carlins, the 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 everybody, Red Fox, all those guys. Their humor was incredibly offensive. Yeah. That was their it's like, you know, Richard Pryor, my favorite jokes that he ever told were directed at white people. Because I thought his impression of white people, I think I sent it to you one time. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, good God. All right, cut the shit. I, I heard that, and I about had to throw up. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. But, but see, it's just, like, I understand at the end of the day, Richard's joking. He's a comedian. This is what they get paid to do. Right. And sometimes they're going to poke fun at you. I mean... I just don't under like at what point did we forget that? Right. That's that's crazy. The paradigm that is that's crazy. The switch right for for a generation that we have that seems yeah. to care so much about you know things being lighthearted and things being funny and you know they seem to care an awful lot about being serious. You know, on on the other end of things, and I'm like that's crazy. It really is, man, and, and 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 it's it's sad, but I mean, and that's also why I'm thankful for guys over at South Park, Matt and Trey, for continuing to push out edgy comedy and to continue to go against the SJWs and let them know you guys are not as powerful as you think you are. Right there, are, there are some things that you can't cancel. Yeah. And comedy, unfortunately for them, is one of them. They're never going to erase the memory of the great Richard Pryor or George Carlin, even though their humor was remarkably offensive. Right. But they can't... Good. Go ahead. No, I was saying it's a quick shot. I know people might not agree. One minute left on the live. Thank you guys for tuning in. But... People might not agree, but like I would even go so far as to say shout out Seth MacFarlane. Seth may push the envelope and go far on a lot of things, but I'm sorry that that man is just that man is funny. Family Guy is one of the most probably offensive shows on television. You know, with the jokes they make about political events, about people, about celebrities. But I mean, dang, some you, need, you just can't help it if you. If you think, yeah, big shout out to Seth. But if you think Family Guy pushes the envelope, South Park will rock your world. That I need. I can say, I can say for a fact, South Park is the most offensive show on television. Yeah. And, but it's still like it, you know, because you know what humor allows us to do. It allows us to take things that are absolutely terrible. But we're able to laugh at them. And for a lot of people, that's a great coping device whenever you're going through tragedy. Yeah. Is, you know, f- find a way to laugh. Because, right. you know, it's, it's scientifically proven laughter does heal a lot. It's a great reliever of stress, and we need that. And it just breaks my heart that... There's these people out there hell-bent on saying, no, you can't cope like that anymore. Right. You know? And I feel like if we take away the jokes, the hatred associated with what we're talking about, you know, the power remains there. Because if you can't joke about it, you can't smile about anything. Right. You make sure that it remains powerful but i feel like if we can laugh at something that strips it of its power yeah and i agree with that i totally agree with that sentiment the world just like the world just needs a big laugh 2020 needs a big laugh after all we've been through this year a laugh would do a lot of good at everyone at every group of people black people white people asians you know, everyone, everyone just needs a big laugh right now because right now it's just like we're all at each other's throats. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be in person 
or in social media. We're just at each other's throats. Like we're just waiting on someone to piss us off as we scroll down our feed. We're just waiting on someone to say something triggering. You know what I'm saying? Like we just can't laugh anymore. You know, political, movie wise, you know, I'm scrolling down my feed waiting on someone to make fun of the prequels just so I can get triggered. And I'm like, I need to laugh at that too because it is funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, let me laugh. Like, this is actually hilarious, you know? So, I mean, like, I, I totally agree with that. Laughter is just something that everyone needs. And, like, I think, I think like, as soon as I get off this cast and edit and post it, I'm going to go watch some comedy because, like, I need, I need a good laugh. I, I, could, I could use one. You need to, I think there's a Richard Pryor stand-up on Netflix I would highly recommend. Bet. I'm going to check out Sticks and Stones, too, because I need to check that out, too. Dude, I'm, never- telling, I'm telling you, man, it's it was so beautiful to just watch this. And Kevin Hart did an interview uh, about Sticks and Stones with Joe Rogan talking about Dave and how he considers Dave the GOAT. Because Dave Chappelle, in a time where comedians are being crucified, Dave Chappelle said, all y'all can suck the back of my dick because (laughs) I'm about to go out and be me and all y'all can eat shit. That's what he did. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Because with every joke he made, I felt like I was watching the SJW's heart get ripped out. Because they realized that you cannot censor, you cannot cancel Dave Chappelle. Right. You, that you, look, look, and all these two motherfuckers need to hear this. You're never going to cancel comedy. We're always going to laugh. Y'all can't stop that. Right. And the trying is just getting ridiculous. Um, but, dude, yeah, you definitely got to go check that out. You know? Yeah. But, you know, and if people ever need something to laugh at, if you ever need something and you feel bad about yourself and you just want to laugh, just remember, you can always go watch Auburn try to play football because that shit's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying, bro. Who's that? Bro. Don't even, like, start. That's all the time we have for tonight, but don't even get me started on how we played against Arkansas. Even though we won, I'm still mad. Don't even, like... Bro, you know how I am about referees. All right? I've come on here. I've trolled the Saints religiously and said that, you know, refs don't cost team games. I've said that a thousand times. However, however... When it's a turnover at the end of the game and you blow the play dead, ooh. Dang. All I'm going to say is, Arkansas fans, yeah, I guess you have a right to be mad. Yeah. I I, I give you that. You kind of have a right. I'd be pissed. But, you know. But, Not every you know, right to be mad. I think deserve to lose that game more than anything. We We did not deserve to win. Playing the way we played. But then he'll turn around and kill somebody. But that was two bad games. But I can't say too much. Because Alabama's defense is a funnier joke. Yeah. I but you know that. what is beautiful about what happened with What's that? Georgia, Georgia fans really fans think. Really think. <laughs> they thought. I love it. I love it. I want them, I to, want think them that. to think that. Please. Please. Please think Please that, Georgia. Think that, Georgia. They I'm thought. Praying I'm praying to keep that energy. Keep, that energy. keep it. Keep it. Because I'm going to get a big cup. Big cup. Catch all their, Catch tears, all their in tears in it, and chug, and that, chug bitch. that bitch. <laughs> Man, Auburn, Auburn should have. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. They would have had. They would have had some. They could. They could. 
Yeah, I agree with that. That's why I'm. That's why I'm saying. Hire Gus. Hire Gus, man. Promote, promote Kevin, Steele Kevin Steele and find and a guy. Find a guy who does offense. Yeah. That, that's just that, me. That's just me. Ooh. Ooh. Or maybe Auburn could have tried to get Lane Kiffin. Maybe. Anything that will give us some discipline and solid defense and consistent offense, I mean, I ain't going to complain about it. Dude, Lane's Dude, Lane's uh, uh, he dropped. He dropped. What was it? Thirty-five. What was it? Thirty-five on forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, I think so. I think those were the stats. Forty-eight. Forty-eight on. Yeah. That's just. That's just. Yeah. But yeah, man, this one was a definite, definite fun one, bro. This was a good, good first edition of many to come on after hours, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure, man. Thank you gotta let me know. Sticks and, and stones. Oh yeah, I'm gonna definitely let you know. I'm gonna let you know for sure. I'm gonna watch the whole thing and see 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 what I see what I come out with. Cause Dave Trapel is is a goat. So I'm gonna definitely do it for sure. All right, man. I will. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio After Hours. Tune in on IG Live. Uh, to catch that rerun and catch it on Vero, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere where Jay House is on social media. This is Jay House After Hours. We'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of Jay House Radio.